0: You're, oh, you're what a head, what a head. Welcome back to Onto the Ball. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a little, Can you a little sabbatical, Travis. Some gardening leave or something, man. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> no, nah, we never went, mate. We never went. Oh, we've done one video in about six weeks. I know. Um, I've moved house, I've been to Spain, I've been to Las Vegas, you've got a new job, life's just been hectic, hasn't it? Hectic,
1: mate, yeah, very hectic. Got a and on top days of, days of that, on and... top of
0: that, Man United are absolutely skinned and you're going crazy on Twitter. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> now's as good as a time as <laughs> any to get back on like, the buddy, onto the ball. Ball. <laughs> So yeah, listen, welcome back to Onto the Ball, me and yeah, Travis are going to be back, back. now. As those eagle-eyed viewers that have tuned in before will notice, I've got a a new background because I've moved house. This is still my son's bedroom. Um, Travis hasn't moved house. He's got the same background. But you're going to have the same analysis, the same football knowledge, the same passion for the channel as we've always had. So let's get straight into it. Travis, this is going to be a 20-minute, half-an-hour video on Manchester United season 22-23 Eric Ten Hag, what he's done well, what he's not done so well, your assessment of the season, and then yeah. we're going to head straight into the transfer window because I've got some I've got some thoughts about the transfer window that I'm not sure you're going to agree with me. But this <laughs> sale by the Glazers to Sir Jim Ratcliffe or Ineos Qatar bid, well, it's just all a mess now. I am absolutely certain that the purse strings are firmly closed and they can't spend pretty much anything while there's a sale going through. If you think of any business, you can't all of a sudden when the sale's going through, just chuck in a 200 million pound spend or debt, whatever way you want to say it. So I think I'm right. You might have some thoughts yourself, but first of all, let's just head to the good stuff. Eric Ten Hag, he's had 12 months in the role. He bagged a, a trophy. It could have been two trophies. Cynic cynical Man United fans could think it could have been three trophies, two 0 up at, at Sevilla. Yeah. You think that was you through to the was that the semi-final? It was, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it would have been the semi-final, yeah. If we if we beat Sevilla, but yeah, we come and stuff. It would have family. been in
0: the semis, yeah. yeah so um so yeah, listen, obviously, I'm quite cynical of Eric Ten Hag. I don't think he's much better than Oli gonna social hmm. prove me wrong or agree with me
1: yeah, like yeah i mean if you if you rewind to sort of like the, the the latter parts of the season from february onwards i think it's interesting actually because we had a discussion when when ob was on the channel and he spoke about um that the efl cup can sort of derail your season when you win it and in some, in some cases, he, he was exactly right in that sense. I think since the EFL Cup, our, our form was very, very indifferent. Um, we had limited resources in terms of our attacking options. But I think the way we finished the season in terms of our overall targets from the start of the season, I think you have to say that you'd be happy with how we finished. With, with the top three finish, with Liverpool putting on pressure towards the last... Seven six games of the season for that final champions League but I think we managed to say
0: you say putting on pressure with tongue in cheek.
1: <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> I know you were very vocal
0: on Twitter. It's a touchy there was no subject. pressure, it's a touchy subject.
1: I was always confident that if we didn't get top four, it would have been catastrophic from the position that we were in. Ten game, ten points clear, with like six games to go, we should not have been failing to get top four from that stage. With the fixtures that we had left, we had a few teams that were sort of on the beach, like Bournemouth, Fulham, teams that didn't really have much to play for. And it would have been extremely disappointing for us to miss out. But in terms of our overall objectives, I think top four was definitely an objective for us at the start of the season. I don't think many pundits and people had us to to get that. Although we had spent 200 million, I think it's short of, sort of always been a minimum minimum requirement for Man United. I mean, since Fergie retired, we've been very indifferent getting the top four. We haven't, I think we've got it about half, 50% of the time that we've, that since he's retired, which isn't good enough for a club of our stature, and especially with the amount of money that we spend. But I think Ten Hag, with, with the fact that he had the Ronaldo saga to deal with, Vegos came in and didn't score a league goal, Then you had the injuries and suspensions to sort of casemiro the back end of the season with martinez sort of being injured and Varane, both our first choice center halves out in some pivotal games including sort of the fa cup final which i'm sure we'll come on to i think he managed well with what he had but now like you said i think we've got the top four you you would have thought you we need to go on and kick on in the in the transfer market and that's not sort of happening at the moment so i'm i'm happy with the way that he navigated us through the season there were some sticky points our away form especially against the bigger teams does need to improve next year i don't think we won one game against anybody in the top eight which again isn't really not it yeah really poor and and not not just the the um results which were really bad especially like you said away at anfield and the etihad especially but the performances were, were shocking as well in those games as well poor Tactically, he got some things wrong in those games. I can remember when we played Newcastle away, the score was only 2-0, but, but we got battered all game. He played like Vegor stuck front in the 10 and McTominay in the 10. And it was just a, it was just a load of carnage. And, and at points, it does look like he, he struggled with some aspects of the game. But I'm confident tactically, he he's got the tools to sort of take us forward, but it's all going
0: to depend on this transfer market and it's pivotal. I used to always joke that Oli Solskjaer was on a YTS thing, didn't I? <laughs> Alex Ferguson was his mentor. There was times last season when Ten Hag looked like he was on a YTS. Yeah. And yeah. he looked almost naive, like you said, especially in the away games.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a massive issue. And I think it goes back to, as well, like the physicality of our team. And I know I've banged on about this in quite a few streams, but it's not just about height we lack aggression we need more characters in there i mean martinez is is an example of the type of character that we need and um, that was very evident in the in the fa cup final um for us that i think we struggled massively with the physical element of city we just mm. couldn't live with them and 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 that's the same with a lot of the away games that we've played this year the intensity um of the sort of Liverpool's, the City's, Brighton away and stuff like that. We really struggled in those games. So that's going to be a point of topic topic for Ten Hag and people are going to be looking at that very intensely going into the, into the new season. But on the flip side, the home form was great. I think we lost one game at home all season, which was Brighton on the first day of the season. So we beat all the big teams at home, including Manchester City, Liverpool, um chelsea which arsenal. And then arsenal all of them yeah so we did well brentford um so again brilliant home form um but the squad needs tidying up he, he knew the size of the job before he came in and i think this season was just about sort of getting over the line in in terms of the champions league places we'd managed to do that we nicked the, a cup as well um, the treble was a little bit of a pipe dream. I was optimistic we could have got one. Over <laughs> the, the, the quadruple. Left. Yeah, the quad. <laughs> I, was, I was quite optimistic we could maybe bag two of those trophies. But I think once we went out of the Europa League, the FA Cup was always going to be a long shot for us.
0: Talk to me about the squad then. Let's get straight into the nitty-gritty. Obviously, Casemiro's 31 now. Eriksen mm. can't be far behind him. He must be 31. De Gea's yeah. on his way out. Varane... It, if he's not thirty, he will be soon. Yeah, um, you yeah, had Veg horse, peg horse, as you call him, like an anchor up front. Where, where do you think your squad is in terms of development? Because I always bantered you that you need at least ten players to challenge for the title.
1: You were right, Casemiro.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. You were right, definitely.
0: We're yeah. not even ten minutes into the poddy <laughs> and you're agreeing yeah, with me. I, love no, it. I have to. No, I agree. I, I do yeah. like.
1: Yeah, the, the squad is so imbalanced. Um, I mean, I look at the fullback areas, and, and I think the right back area could definitely be improved, but that's not a priority for us. I think right down the spine, and I'm not going to include Casemiro in that personally because I think he's been great, but we certainly need somebody to who can cover him if in his absence. I'm not saying we need, we need a direct replacement for him now, but for me, I think Kaiseido... I don't know whether we've got the money for him or what, but he is a no-brainer for me because we massive, we need a right back and we need an eight with power and we need someone who can cover Casemiro. He can do all three of those roles. He can do
0: everything. Yeah, exactly.
1: I don't get why we're spending 65 or whatever it's going to be, 60 million on Mason Mount, when Kaiseido is going to cost 80.
0: I keep saying in the group chat, I don't know why it's gone so quiet on him, but it's like, it's eerily quiet, like it's a done deal somewhere else. That's all I can imagine. It's a done deal somehow. Why is there no speculation, no talk, when Caicedo was linked with pretty much every top six club in the January transfer window? And now you look at the transfer news every single day on Twitter, on Sky Sports, it doesn't get mentioned. And Uh, he is so top draw. I would literally, if we missed out on Bellingham, I said it in the group chat, get all your eggs into the Caicedo basket. He's yeah. like Ngolo Kante, Mark II. He's um, the one for me as well. Yeah, he yeah, is the one. People that talk about Ngolo Kante just as a CDM, he had more than that to his game. Yeah, So's Caicedo, like you say, his versatility. Uh, I would be absolutely fuming if he went to Man United.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to go to Chelsea, and I think it is more or less a done deal. I think. They're just getting some players off the box. Obviously, like Kovacic is gone and a few others. Mount's going to go. I think once those deals are sanctioned, then I think they'll kick on with Kayseda. But the fact that we're buying Mount tells me that we're not going to get Kayseda because I don't think we've got the money to sort of spend on Mount and Kayseda with the other positions that we need. Goalkeeper is 100% nailed on. I mean, if I just touch on the FA Cup final... He more or less cost us that game. Like I don't want to pin it on one player, but the goals they scored, City were dominant in the game. Um, but the goals that we conceded were just poor. Like especially the second goal, the volley from Gundogan, just you'd expect top keeper to just turn that round the yeah. post. It just, just didn't move his feet.
0: And it's just he'd give cost- up, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Like in the first, what was it, 20 seconds of a cup final? Yeah. There's nothing worse than a keeper just Kind of giving up, dropping his knee and watching it. You think just dive, and at least if you miss it, yeah, that was that was poor,
1: yeah. But uh, what
0: the question I want to ask you is obviously, you've been quite vocal about De Gea, and Mm. it's obvious Man United need a top striker. Harry Kane's been muted, Ossiman, uh, Hoyland, the lad from Atalanta, yeah. Where would you rank the keeper in terms of priority to upgrade for me? I would have him a bit like your right back. the gay is not the worst, and he's not your biggest problem, so I'd have it quite far down. But yeah. I've got a feeling you'd have it quite high up.
1: Yeah, no pun intended, but he's number one priority,
0: <laughs> really, over <laughs> a striker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, so you're talking
0: about having Rashing as striker, and then the, the winger options, Sancho, uh, Garnacho. Yeah, because Anthony. I
1: think. Yeah, the reason I say that is because if we have a keeper that's able to play out we can sustain attacks more. Like, the FA Cup final was just the biggest example I can give. Every time the Hair got it, it boomed it and we lost the second ball. So we just just yeah, under, under pressure all game. So, do you know what I mean? You, you're going to decrease the amount of attacks that you face in a game by at least a third if you've got a keeper that can just pass it six yards to a player yeah. in space. So for me, he and the striker are of equal priority, I think. Um, I think we'll always have goals in the side. We didn't score that many goals. But again, that all roots back to the fact that against the better teams, we just give possession up so easily. Um, And our defensive record was so good because as a unit, tactically, we're set up so much better under this manager. Um, So for me, I think a keeper just transforms the amount that we're... We're able to sustain attacks massively. So for me, yeah. So for me, it's very high on the priority list. It, number one, um, or at least in the top two for me, with a striker, Jordan Pickford.
0: No, <laughs> I've seen the links on Twitter, and I'm like, please, please it's buy just Jordan. No. It
1: just... <laughs> There's no sugarcoat in it. It's an absolute no for me. He, he's got errors in him. I mean, yes, his kicking's yeah, yeah. a bit better than the hairs, but. Come on, he's he's got big errors in him. Jordan's Do you think like it's that.
0: more because I have seen the price muted at 45 million pounds? Mm. And again, I thought obviously we'll get on to it. I've got this theory that Man United are skint for the first time in our lifetime. Yeah, I think they've got no money. Anything that they've got they're gonna be able to spend is what they've generated from incomings. So when I keep seeing these cheap options, what have we seen? Mason Mount 40 million rejected. Jordan Pickford linked 45 million. That's cheap, you know, for a top quality keeper, you're talking 70, 80 million. Yeah. Um, today, I've even seen you linked with Declan Rice, which is 40 million plus I've Harry been. Maguire and Alanga. <laughs> I've never known two I mean, players. what does that make the package about 45 million?
1: <laughs> I've never known two players to decrease an original transfer value. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's more without them, isn't <laughs> it? Really. I mean, is that just Twitter, just being all the everything that's bad about Twitter? Like, you go on and yeah. read these kind of rumours. and <laughs> Like, Declan Rice is going to be licking his lips for that. And, oh, yeah. and like, West Ham are going to take Harry Maguire for Declan Rice. I mean, well, they're, they're not going, going to take peas, aren't they? And look exactly. A couple they've of 40 million rejected, players.
1: Like, they've already rejected 90 million cash. So, they're not mm. going to accept that, are they? Like, that total package is genuinely about 60 million. Really, like Maguire's not worth 30 million, he might think he is, but he's not. Do you know what I mean? So, a probably worth about t- five to ten million, mm. no more than that. Um, I know he's a Swedish international and stuff, but I don't think Sweden have got anyone pulling up any trees, so he- he's just in there by name. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, yeah. this no, that's no banter, so yeah, I think, look, it, I think players like Deke Rice, like. For example, Rice, he'd already got his heart set on one of the top two. I'd, I, he's obviously going to know behind the scenes if City are in for him. That's become quite public over the last sort of 24 hours that City are in for him. And when you think about the fact that City are, I've got already got rid of Ilkay Gunduin, Gavin De Bruyne is 31. Then you're looking at like Phillips, who don't play, who's probably going to leave. Um, He slots straight in, do you know what I mean? Rodri Rice, Kevin De Bruyne or Foden, it's scary. And then you've got Kovacic as well. It's an embarrassment of riches. And to me, Rice just sets them up for the future um, if they can get that deal over the line. But it's the same with Arsenal, obviously. Arsenal... With, with the fact that party has been linked with a move away as well, I think they both sort of need him. Like, they both will prioritise Declan Rice. It's down to him, and he, and he should be able to call the shots because he's had a fantastic season. I think we're just probably being used as a bit of a pawn in the media to try and drive the price up. That That's what I think we're, we're being used for. We've got absolutely no chance of getting Declan Rice. We can't afford what the, what the asking price is. I don't think West Ham can afford to hold on to him. And we're not in a position either where things are good enough where, you, where Rice says, do you know what, I'm going to wait a year because I want to go United. If it was City, he'd probably do that, but not with the state that United are in with the ownership and the fact that we're still building and things like that. I mean, it could all change. Like next season, with the Qatar is in and we start splashing some good cash and things like that. For example, we might look like a bit of an attractive proposition, but I have to be realistic as a Manchester United fan and say that that top echelon of players, that, that pool of players, we're, we're not attractive to those players at the moment. The, the, the Declan Rises and the Kai Seido's, I hate to say it, we should be in for Kai Seido, throwing the absolute bank at him. But it looks like, like you said, we're not in a position to do that. And I don't think the top players want to come to United at the moment. So we're, we're getting second-rate players. I know people are trying to pass it off as Ten saying, oh, he's fitting players into a system and stuff. But... They're not good enough. Like I saw a tweet the other day and it's like, how would you rate this window? It was Mason Mount, Adrian Rabiot on a free from Juventus, Desai from Monaco, Onana the keeper, and then that Hoijland from At- Atalanta. And it's, it's good for what we've got, but it's not like top draw. It's not closing the gap on City or anyone in big hitters in Europe. Put it that way.
0: What do you know about this Atalanta-Hoyland? Obviously, I I went on to Flash go and check him out. He scored 13 career goals. And then he might say, come on, Scott, he's only 20. Give him time. Mm. But when you look at being linked with Manchester United, if they were to sign him, that's a punt, surely. Yeah, I think... What kind of
1: price is being muted? Well, at first it was 40 and now it's gone up to 80 million euros. So, again... people know we're in a position where we desperately need players and the price is going to go up by 15 million every single time we approach a player and we can't seem to get any value in the market. But underneath the glazers, the setup's poor. Um, We brought in like sort of a new head of recruitment who's meant to be negotiating the transfers and stuff. I don't know anything about him. Um, Again, like you said, are are we able to do deals? We must be able to do some business. I mean, we're we're pushing Mason Mount through. How is that getting sanctioned?
0: I think you're going to have your your normal turnover kind of profit. It's every club in that top six they'll turn over a normal profit of around forty million. I'd say thirty to forty million. Yeah. All these teams, like Arsenal, Man City, they're all state-backed or owner-backed. Like, Stan Kroenke's threw in half a billion pounds. Yeah, Man United go about it a different way. They just put more and more on the debt pile. So the debt piles grew from 500 million to 600, 700, 800, 900. It's nearly a billion now. Yeah. So obviously, I know... Um, towards the end of the season, you were like, yeah, we'll spend again, another 200 million. It's just what United do. And it is, it is what they do, but it just feels different this time, doesn't it? And As I think say, it wow. is because of this sale. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you are kind of selling a business, you kind of, your assets are a bit frozen, so you can't make any wholesale changes because it's, you know, it, when the sale you've made a proposal for this, this equity or this, this package you yeah. can't then change the package against the buyer's will like the buyer should be having a say on what you're changing be it a building yeah. or whatever you're selling your house you can't you can't sell a house and just it's going through you knock down the extension and take the bricks to your new house that's kind of what it's like yeah so to me that this we keep getting 40 million floated on twitter it's like i think the the club, the books have generated a profit of around 40 million so they're free to spend that so that's why you're seeing 40 million plus Harry Maguire. They can sell assets. So if they sell Maguire and Alanga and McTominay, let's say they sell all of them for 80 million, then you could don't. then spend that 80 million because it's within the package. Sure. you can't spend over that. That's my uh, reason. I'm not trying to come across like no, 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 no. That that
1: makes it makes perfect sense, mate. And do you know when you think about it? I mean, there's pros and cons to it because the pr- the pros are it means the club's being sold. If that's the case, it means the club is being sold. So I'd be willing to take a hit on this season if it meant we got Qatari ownership and everything was like brilliant next year or the year after over the next couple of years. I think the fans would be willing to take that hit and just say, you know what? We write this transfer window off. We we might get Mount and one other, including player sales or a couple of others or whatever. And we say, right, we kick on after this and the Glazers are gone. Do you know what I mean, that's that's the only thing, but if the Glazers then pick Sir Jim Ratcliffe and become minority shareholders, and then Ineos are sort of borrowing money to like go again, it's just again, just going to be mess on top of mess. So, more of it,
0: the same, yeah,
1: yeah. This is it. So, it's going to be it, it really is crunch time for Manchester United as a football club as to how we move forward from here. Um,
0: but I think the thing just, is, the, the buying. The buying clubs are not as not as silly as they used to be. Like they've probably never been silly, but the buying clubs will be happy to wait for a deadline, let's say Harry Maguire for twenty million. They'll wait. And Liverpool are in the same boat. I'm it's like I'm preaching to you like what's gonna happen to Man United. Liverpool are the same. We hmm. we've probably spent our forty million net on Alexis McAllister. Now we're gonna be banking on some some outs, whoever that may be, maybe the keeper Kellher, Nat Phillips, people like that. Maybe Joe Gomez, time might be up. Um, Joel Matty might go for a token amount, but it's the same with Man United. It might bring back... Remember the glory days of Jim White in the transfer deadline day? Yeah. It used to be buzzing, didn't it, with his yellow yeah. tie? If you yeah. notice the last couple of years, you don't really get it anymore. No. I remember waiting up one night and they were like, oh, Michi Batshuayi might be going on loan to Dortmund. Stay up with us to find out what happens. And I remember yeah. thinking, I ain't staying up, I'm going to bed. That's not news. <laughs> That's boring. But I can honestly see because of the state that our clubs are in i can see the last day or two some sales going through and then i mean look at us last summer signing that arthur Mello on loan on deadline day it was an absolute shambles yeah and that just shows where liverpool are as a club under these owners fsg and i've got a feeling like we've alluded to that man united are going to be in exactly the same boat this season for the first time in my lifetime ever
1: I think it's interesting you say that as well because I've been I'm in a, a group chat, chat on Twitter it's a brilliant group chat to be fair it's, it's full of a lot of mate. people and uh, <laughs> I will do they're, they're, they're good they're really good people there's some really good people who eventually I want to get on this channel as well there's some really good guys in there all of them really we have our debates and our tiffs and stuff but that's normal it's just like we don't fall out seriously we just have quite strong opinions about stuff and, and we're talking about the glazers and and how, like, everything, the book sort of stops with them in terms of, like, san- sanctioning deals and stuff. My argument is, is I do worry a little bit with sort of, not Ten Hog's talent ID, but I think he needs support with, like, the players he's identifying to kick us on. Because the reason I say that is, because is in this group chat they were saying, oh, well, he wants Kane, he wants Costa, naming all these big household names. I'm like, any manager can go to any top club and say you want those players. They're costing £100 million each. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to get all of them. That Getting all of those signings isn't a sign of being backed by an ownership because, because you're not going to get them all. So if you can't afford to get all of your primary targets, then what happens? That That's my question. So it's not just... I mean, take, for example, this... Hoisland or whatever. The Glazers have probably never even heard of him. Do you know what I mean? The Glazer brothers, they, they wouldn't have heard of this person. Who are they to turn around and say, do you know what? This player's not worth that amount of money. That They, they haven't got a clue. So for me, it's what's underneath that. So John Murray to Richard Arnold, what are their roles in sort of the transfers and the targets? Who's identifying the players? What are our scouts doing? I think this is, I'm not saying they're more of an issue than the Glazers, but I think they're just as culpable in terms of the targets that we're going after. Because Man City, they're able to sign and Al- Alvarez for 25 million. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So their scouts are doing something right. Their technical director and their director of football is able to identify players that fit into a system. Why are we not able to do that? Regardless of whether the owners are shambles or not, this yeah. I'm, still, I'm still worried about the talent ID and the players that we're identifying. I mean, Mason Mount, to me, he used to play, It was on loan at Vitesse Arnhem in Holland. Ten Hag wanted him then when he was at Ajax. So that, again, is just a, sort of an easy win for him. Andre Anana, ex Ajax keeper at Inter Milan, that's another one that, that he knows. And then you've got the rest of the targets who are just sort of like young household names or coming through. So, yeah, again, that's a little bit of a concern for me as well about the structure beneath the Glazers just as much as them.
0: So there's no point in asking you what your dream window would be, really, because it's all up in the air, isn't it? I think it's pretty obvious that Man United are not going to spend £200 million, like last summer. Um, so is, it, is it worth asking you? Although, when you think about it, United were late spenders last summer, weren't they? Yeah. It looked like something was going on or Ten Hag wasn't being back and then you had a late flurry uh, bringing me. in Casemiro, Anthony. Uh, mm. Ma- was Malassia... Late as well,
1: last year was um early ish with Ericsson, and then we signed um, yeah, Casemira and Anthony quite late. And the, I think we got one other over the line, I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's all going to depend. I mean, there's still plenty of time, it's just opened, and I'm trying not to jump the gun, but again, the players that we've been linked with do worry me. It's going to be interesting to see how we set up tactically as well because. People are saying we're going to move from two number sixes and a 10 to a six and two eights. And you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have Bruno and (laughs) Mount like pressing high, winning the ball back, and and Casemiro
0: getting red cards.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, but my issue has always been that physical side of things. Like Caicedo next to Casemiro just looks a lot more intimidating to opposition that you can't mess them about. And then the fact that you can you've got that technical element to him as well. Uh, To me, that makes more sense than Mason Mount. Yes, Mason Mount's tidy on the ball. He's good on the ball. He's creative. He'll create chances. He'll score goals as well. But the other side of the game, I know people are saying, oh, he's pressing stats. But for me... Being physical and pressing stats are two different things. Um, so yeah, that's I'm, I'm a little bit worried. But again, another one. Sorry, just to mention Kim um, Kim Min Jae as well. Center half at Napoli he's just one near player. He's gone season. quiet as
0: well, isn't it? He's, he's linked with Bayern now.
1: He's Bayern now, yeah, and he's got a release clause that um, is triggered on the first of July. So, it's again, it's going to be one of them where we might come in late again and trigger it, but have we got the money to do that? He's agreed a contract with Bayern already. They're saying they're willing to pay his release clause, so everything's set up for them to just do that deal. And I'm disappointed. Again, we need a centre-back.
0: Because... The thing is, Bayern don't need a centre-back, do they? They've got Delay up Upper Meccano. Yeah. Deleuze. Uh... They've got a few. Yeah, they've got a few options. Um. um but yeah that's not for us to discuss yeah. so man united obviously let, let's have a bit of a realistic window then you yeah. know i know you're not a fan of mason mount i've been reading your tweets he's harry kane harry kane let's just be honest he's he's too expensive for anyone and no one knows what's going to happen there he's going to stay in the premier league apparently, apparently we're gonna he's going to him. stay in spares for me yeah i think Osman's so. going to be too expensive so, you're talking what Mason Mountain, potentially a keeper. I've seen a few tweets saying that De Gea is leaving. What, what yeah. is the situation we'll get, with that? I think we'll get De Gea is free.
1: He's out, yeah. of he's out of contract. Yeah, he wasn't on our retain list, so we've offered him reduced terms and not guaranteed number one, and he's not signing it. So he was on three fifty a week. We tried to slash it by a quarter at least. He said no. And Hag doesn't want him to be number one, but the club are passing it off like they're still negotiating it. They ain't negotiating anything. Do you know what I mean? That's done. Do you know what I mean? Like he why he
0: leaves on the thirtieth of June then.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he leaves, and he's been linked with Saudi and a couple of other c- clubs, but nothing... His wish apparently is to go back to Spain, but nobody in Spain wants him. I, I feel <laughs> re- I feel really sorry for him in a way. I know I've hammered him, but like no one in his own country wants him in his own league so it looks like it's saudi or nothing like he wants to stay at united now like and i don't blame him because he probably thinks what well, on a he, quarter less well no no not not necessarily on the reduced terms but Bro, is ten hag what, withdrew what, what, that offer now i think he wants first team football i don't think he wants to sit on the bench that's the big sticking point from, my news, from Manchester United's perspective, it makes no sense to keep him as a backup keeper. If he's not good enough to be a number one, he's not good enough to be a... But the thing is, team. you
0: can't even try to negotiate that deal until you've signed a new keeper, surely. Because surely De Gea is confident in his own abilities, and he's like, I'm better than anyone you'll bring in, so I don't care if you're calling it not guaranteed number one. Or do you think De Gea knows he's done... His confidence yeah. is rock bottom. You could see in the FA Cup final, he didn't want the ball at all, did he? It no. was like hot potato every time he got it. His confidence the difference is, shot. is
1: ten hog doesn't want him. Ten hog doesn't feel he can move forward with him in the sticks. So as long as that's the case, if the manager doesn't want you, the manager doesn't want you. It's as simple as that. Like you're surplus. Do you know what I mean? And and as harsh as it sounds, come the 30th of June, United. He didn't get the send off he deserved, but they can wash their hands with him, and it's just where he's going to end up playing his football. Like, will another Premier League club take him? A bit. I don't think he'd play for another Premier League club. He still loves the club. I don't think he'd go to the Premier League. I think he'd go no, abroad. Yeah. So yeah. So for me, keeper one hundred percent. Mason Mount, a striker. This Hoyland, I think we will get them. Three are going to be the big names. Really, Mount Hoyland and a keeper, so it looks like Onana or Costa from Porto, and then the rest will just be scraps if there is any. I think maybe one more, maybe like a. I don't. I don't think we'll get. See, I think we might get another central midfielder. Fred will leave, and I think Maguire might end up staying. That's what. I, that's my feeling. That's my genuine feeling. I don't want it to happen, but I just think.
0: Not to that mention one. that you've just spent two hundred million in one sentence. Anana Mount and that Hoyland, mm. they're going to be like sixty each. That's one hundred and eighty, and Man United just haven't got it. Let's put a pin in it. Yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. We'll make little predictions, comments, opinions, and then we'll visit in two weeks. See what happened. Mm. Um, we kind of skipped over it at the start. How would you rate Ten Hag's first season? Percy, I think he's done all right. Top four, bagged the trophy, made some smart sign-ins. Uh, obviously, he's not some very smart sign-ins. You know I've been critical of Casemiro only because of his age. Yeah, uh, I said this right from the get-go, uh, and I know you think I was bantering you, which I was in a way, obviously. Yeah. Love the bants, but Casemiro's the wrong age at the wrong time. By the time Ten Hag gets it right, Casemiro is oh, likely going to be 34, 35.
1: Yeah, I, I would give him a. I would give him a seven and a half out of ten. To be honest, there's room for improvement. I think um, he did his home form was brilliant. You can see the way he wants to play. He hasn't got the players to play that way. Um, his man management of certain players has been great. Again, he needs to improve with certain other with in, in other aspects like the away form. I Think how he manages some players he needs to improve. The captaincy is an issue. Maguire, whether he stays or not, can't be the captain, he doesn't lead the team at all. Um, Garnacho got his ass
0: put to bed now. This captain yeah. <laughs> nonsense
1: that needs sorting massively, mate. Garnacho <laughs> was a star out of the season, he's come out of it really well. Glad he signed the new contract. I've got big hopes for him as a prospect. I think he'll be really. Really, really good. We've got Ahmad Diallo, who did well in Sunderland on the Championship. He's going to come back in pre-season. So we've got a few good youngsters coming back in as well who might get some minutes as well. So that pre-season is going to be big for us. So, yeah, this is crunch time. You've got the ownership. The squad's still all over the place. A solid seven and a half. And next season is either going to be one of two ways. No in between it's going to be brilliant or it's going to be an absolute catastrophe. And I'll end on that.
0: I hope it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just one one thing to end on for me. I've, I've noticed a change in your demeanour. Definitely on Twitter. Mm. After uh, a good six months of telling me that I've got to stop obsessing about Klopp needing 200 million. And it's not all about the money. Um, you've got to rely and find your nuggets left, right and centre like Andy Robertson and... And now the shoes on the other foot. It's you. It's you. Well, can, You're I just, can I
1: just probably skin? Can I just say something in, in in relation to that? You're right, but you've always had a good sporting director in Michael Edwards, who who was able to identify the players that helped Klopp get him to the next level and get the club to the next level, like the Marneys and the Salas, You might not be able to get those players for that price now. This was Every years again, ago. Right? I mean, yeah, you probably won't. But at that time, he was able, apart from the Van Dijk and the Allison, when you, he was getting to finals and stuff with Lovren and Clavin, and he said, Do you know what? We're not going to win it without the top draw. That's why you did it. Or she would have carried on doing it the way that you did. But, like, you had that infrastructure there in order to get those types of players for those fees to fit into a system we haven't got that infrastructure underneath the glazers at all we've just got investment bankers and a load of commercially driven people that just don't know the way around football and and it's bad news for us and and we're feeling it now so that's where the change in my demeanor has come i'm angry is that
0: that a a disclaimer you've just put (laughs) 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 It's <laughs> like <laughs> you distancing yourself from your own comments. <laughs> I love the way you're skillfully just backtracked out of that. You're like this. Oh, dear. Listen, there's going to be loads to talk about this summer because yeah. Liverpool are skint, Man United are skint. I'd love to end that with, but we're going to win the league. We're not going <laughs> to win the league. No yeah. one's going to win the league ever again because of Man City. I yeah. know. Oh, and their state backing. Uh, there's something fishy going on at Chelsea as well. I seen a, a tweet no. the other day that they're going to be offloading loads of players by the end of June because their financial year's the 30th of June. And I just think it reeks. Something reeks. Even Man City buying Kovacic. It's like they're. That Saudi club who's been buying the players is connected to Todd Bowley in some way, yeah, isn't it? It's it's so corrupt. There's something wrong, and football as we know it is never going to be the same ever again. But but on we must go, hoping uh, for the best, supporting our clubs, talking about our teams. Um and that's it. That's all we can do until we're state owned ourselves, which might happen one day, probably sooner for Manchester United than Liverpool. But yeah, c'est la vie. Yeah. Right, know. Travis. 40 minutes nearly. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Guys, if you made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. We're back. And I mean it this time. I know we said it in our video about three weeks ago, but I mean it this time. We're back. Constant content, consistent content. We're going to head through the summer. Transfer news, um, links, sign-ins. We'll do a, a poddy whenever there's a big sign-in, it's, if we do new any new, big sign-ins. Loads of stuff. Yeah, a lot. Right. See you in the next one. Cheers, Travis. Cheers brother.
1: Cheers guys. What a